I have to admit that in the midst of this pandemic, I have pivoted from shopping online at like midnight, two in the morning, (laughs) to looking at rescue dog profiles. Uh It's bad. It's real bad. Um, But real good? But real good. Um, This is a new thing. I've I've had pets in the past, but I haven't had a dog, and I haven't had a pet in a long time. So, yeah, so you guys can catch me at, like, anywhere from, like, midnight (laughs) to 2 in the morning looking at dog profiles. Shout out to my friend Debbie, who is also tagging me on Instagram on various dog profiles (laughs) that she thinks that I should adopt. They're awesome. Yeah, no. Never, never tell someone you're thinking about getting a pet and, because that's what happens. Exactly, exactly. They're so cute. I want to adopt them all. Um, I just want to say, for I think I know Kim has a pet. Caitlin, I don't know if you have a pet. I have had pets in my life. I have talked to my own pets as if they're human, mm-hmm. waiting for them sure. to talk. So I guess Kim, since you currently have a cat. You, you talk to Perry like he's a person. Oh, I uh, I talk to Perry and I talk for Perry. <laughs> Ooh, so like Perry really, talks back. Yeah. So like me and my boyfriend, we make we make we we make up a voice for him, and like we talk to each other via Perry as well. So we'll be like, uh, you know. Daddy, please feed me. Please feed me, Daddy. You know, like I said, he's, he's got Daddy, like, I already ate. You don't have to feed me again. <laughs> he, I'm just begging. My boyfriend will literally say disparaging things to me via Perry, <gasps> and it's not no. good. It's not like good. Like as a joke, very funny. though, right? Like as, oh, like it's a totally joke. a joke. Not like, Although, what if you just straight up admitted, like, he's very mean to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> casually in the interview. The only way that James and I fight is through the cat. Like, I'd be like, it, uh-oh. It, it, and he's Michelle, this horrible. is 100% truth. Um, but yeah, I do. I uh, I truly love my cat. I am so in love with him. And it's, uh, I had a dog when I was growing up. I had a few cats too, but they were very, I think they were not happy living with a dog, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But uh, I loved my dog growing up. And having this cat though, um, okay. So just to give you a little bit of background, it was my birthday last week and my boyfriend, so... Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, My boyfriend so kindly booked us a getaway trip. So we went a few hours away to Big Bear and it was lovely. We had the best time, but I shit you not, (laughs) it was the first time away from our cat together. So we had to board him. (gasps) Yes, we put him... There's a if you live in Los Angeles and you need a place to bring your cat. There's actually a really sweet place in uh, in Toluca Lake called Cato Marmol. <laughs> I kid you not. Cato Marmol. It's it's very cute, and we got him like great. a little room because you know they give you little rooms for the cats, and they have a webcam that you can <laughs> plug into Stop. and watch your cat on in. Did their you room. watch Perry from the webcam? Girl, we spent the entire weekend watching yeah. Perry on the webcam. Aww. I l- multiple times I-, I said to James, I'm like, I love how we came all the way to Big Bear just to check mm-hmm. on Perry. <laughs> just to watch that him. beautiful mountain air, and I'm staring <laughs> at my phone, <laughs> watching the cat that I live with that I see every day. It mm-hmm. was. 
I, it's one of those things where, like, I genuinely missed him. And I think both of us, me and my boyfriend, both genuinely missed our cat. And we were like, what is he doing? Is he okay? We were, it was like the Did parents at the first day of school. Like, is he okay? <laughs> is he making friends? Did is Perry, he kidding? Is he hungry? Did Perry seem at all, like, not traumatized, but did he, what was his, like, process like? Right? Because that was your first time away and boarding so him. So he doesn't like being in the car so that's already traumatic and then to make a a day a traumatic day even more traumatic he had to get his vaccines updated because he was slightly out of date so i was just about to go get him vaccinated next week but i didn't know i didn't know we were going away and my boyfriend calls the place and they're like you need to have updated vaccination so then my boyfriend's like okay well i'm gonna go get the cat vaccinated and then we're gonna drop him off oh same day oh my the same day so he was just like he was probably like, what the hell is going on? He was, uh, but he acclimated after the first day because they, it's really cute. They have their do- own door right to their room and they'll open the door and let them go oh. into a communal area and play with each other. So there was multiple times when we were on the webcam and we would see uh, little cats come into his room and like check <gasps> him out. Yeah, and then they would leave. This oh was the very God. first day. He was very scared to leave that door. But then the next day, we kept checking the webcam, as I just said before. And <laughs> he wasn't in his room. And we were like, oh, he he's made friends. friends. Oh, my Wait, gosh. is this, like, can I access these webcams if I don't have a cat? <laughs> Caitlin, get out of my brain. Them. I'm like, I'm going to pivot again. I'm going to be reading these dog profiles. I was telling Kim right before Caitlin joined that I look at these profiles and I'm like, are you, I look at their eyes and I'm like, are you? And oh, then I, don't before I read the their eyes. profile, I'm like, are you, are you my little dog that needs to come home with me? And anyways, it's a, it's a dog eat dog world. Everyone wants a dog. <laughs> and I, I've been getting my application out there and it's not, I'm apparently, Michelle, after it's some ruin popular, your life. popular, popular little guys, I guess, man. When the time is right, you know, your dog will come along and it then will, you will be never meant be to able be. to leave your house <laughs> and be like him. ever again. And I'll call both of you guys. I'll be like, do you want to watch him on the webcam? But and I'll be like, hell yeah, because I can't have pets in my apartment. So. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, do you have one? Uh, the I have illegally fostered a couple of times. There you go. Which is very fun and rewarding. And who Aww. rescued who? Um, but I haven't kept either of them. Oh, that is so sweet. I... So, okay, listeners, we are talking today about non-human fictional characters. Characters that are, as you can tell, not human. (laughs) They are, I don't know. We don't know yet. I don't know. Could be a dog. Could be an animal. Could be anything. Could be a robot. robot. Um, Alien. I don't know. Whatever whatever rocks your boat, non-humans wise. And I think uh, Michelle and I were just talking about this. It's like, we, we... we obviously find a way to connect with these non-human characters. And I think we do that a lot in real life, right? Like we connect with these animals. I'm telling you right now, planet earth has changed my life in terms of how I view wildlife and how I view animals and Instagram with these dang reels of all these cute animals doing things, profound things. I'm like, Oh my God, we are not, the greatest you know we are not at the top of the food chain no. we are Mm-mm. not the greatest Mm-mm. uh species out there there are so many wonderful species and i've legit cried watching um blue planet have you guys watched blue planet i can't fuck it i <laughs> uh, listen 
I love all the little animals. I don't want them to eat each other. But my main <laughs> issue with watching nature documentaries is just that then at some point they always have to be like, oh, also this seal that you love that you've been like getting attached to for the last hour and a half, its stomach is full of plastic microbeads and yeah. it's not going to be able to live in And as you're, much as you're drinking your boba or your Starbucks, yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah, out of your plastic oh. straw. Like, because you head. keep. Yeah, you keep driving your car and polluting and you have to get your little Amazon packages. So now there's no more seals. OK, have a good night. OK, this is David at David Attenborough, David Attenborough. <laughs> signing off. I can't do an impression of him. I can't even do anything. Um, uh, well, <laughs> we're not. We do a lot of we things. We haven't gotten to <laughs> our crushes yet, but I will say that um, when I talk about my crush, I talk about how the movies that I watched that this crush is in have fully made me cry and have made oh me think that humans are the worst people on the planet. Oh. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait to hear it. Um, <laughs> it's, a doozy. it's a doozy. We're getting close, folks. We're getting close. But before we mm-hmm. get into our crushes and we get into part one, first, let's introduce this awesome third voice that you may or may not recognize. We are joined today by Caitlin Hempstead, who is the host of the very popular podcast Lizard People. If you haven't heard of it, you should go listen to it. Very funny. Conspiracy theories. I mean, I'm all about this shit. So a uh, huge fan over here. Uh, not only is she the host of this podcast but she's also a writer and a comedian so welcome caitlin welcome thank you for having me i'm tickled to be here i love talking about crushes yay especially when they are of the fictional kind because Mm -hmm. the fantasy is always better than the reality way better because a fictional crush can't you you don't wake up next time and go you your breath smells so bad (laughs) yes I can't kiss you. You smell so bad. Or they can't, it's not like they're involved in Scientology or something weird <laughs> sure. that you're just like, what a weird conspiracy theory that you're involved in. That's <laughs> where you meet their parents and they're shitty. And then you're, you're like, like, well, great. Oh, now I'm signing okay. on for this. Nope. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. No happened. wrong answers when it comes to fictional characters. Also, I said that to somebody else on their podcast and he was like, unless they're a murderer. And I was like, Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> There's something called a head cannon, <laughs> is what I would have said to that person. And in my head cannon, they had a good reason. <laughs> exactly. See, sometimes there's a good reason for murder. <laughs> on that note, on um, murder. <laughs> Speaking of good go reasons on. for murder, let's get into this podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. I'm Kimberly Trung, and to my virtual right, I've got the lovely Michelle Veray. And to my virtual left, I have the even, oh, actually, I don't want to compare two women. That's unfair. I'm not mad about just it. Just as lovely. Just even as lovely. equally cute. Exactly. Equally. equally we don't cute. need to do this whole comparison thing. Guys, women Women's empower women. Day. Women love mm-hmm. women. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. The lovely just as lovely as michelle by the way caitlin hempstead so today yes i'm gorgeous hi (laughs) you know what girl own it that's what you need to do Mm -hmm. i um often tell (laughs) i'm gonna do a quick segue there's a show (laughs) on hbo max that you should watch if you want some just uh brainless activity for the night called first dates it is a uk show 
that is about a restaurant that is full of first blind dates. And is it it reality? It's reality. Perfect. It's wonderful. And anyway, the. So Michelle is actively writing. I'm this writing down. it down because there's so many things that we talk about on this show, and then I have to remember what we talked about, and it's not the first time that we've talked about this it, show. First, listen. Days. So I'm, I'm like going to remember to write it down. The second thing that I did while in Big Bear, other than checking on my cat, was watch first dates. Okay, and Perfect it was vacation. sounds like the vacation I want to be on. You guys, mm-hmm. it was very good. Um, but the why I bring this up is because on the show, sometimes people go, "If I were to give myself a rating out of ten, that that seems to be like a common thing." And I don't know if like the producer asks the producers this question. Must ask them, <laughs> right? Anyway, so like one guy, he's like, oh, if I were to rate myself, I'd give myself a six out of 10. And I was surprised because he was like a good looking fella. He had a job. He seemed to be all right. You know what I mean? He didn't seem to be like off his rocker or anything like that. And <laughs> I turned to my boyfriend and I was like, what rating would you give yourself? And he's like, oh, maybe like a seven out of 10 because I got like a job. And <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's really sad. I don't know why that made me so sad that people are only giving themselves like six and sevens out of tens because no. in my mind, I was thinking, you know what? By society standards, maybe I'm not a 10 out of 10, but someone out there thinks that I'm a 10 out of 10. A hundred percent. And if there that's is not that person out there, I should think I'm a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Anyway, that's my very fast. <laughs> I think, I I think everyone should believe they're a 10 out of 10. Right. Like, not in like I an think everyone, arrogant way. You know what I mean? I think everyone should believe they're like a 9.5. Fair right. enough. Because you, you still got room to grow. Space. You got room to grow. <laughs> but yes, if, you, yeah. if you're not going to call yourself a 9.5, who, who is? is? You know, that's there's right. like this recent thing that came out. I'm not on TikTok, but I feel like I've learned like two things from things that have happened on TikTok even though I'm not on there but I did hear that recently there were like these younger people who said that if you had a side part and wore skinny jeans that you were like old and not cool and somebody asked me about that because sometimes I do wear my hair in a side part and somebody asked me they're like oh yeah I kind of Mm -hmm. and I said someone said oh because that means you're old if you have a side part and I was like who said that and they were like oh so so on TikTok and I was like did I say did I say to myself I'm old if I have a side part they're like no and I was like then it doesn't matter then I can do what I want yeah Mm Meanwhile, mm, no, I'm sorry. Some of us have side parts because our hair has been thinning since we were like 18 and we can't part it down the middle because you see too much scalp. Thank or you. maybe it just looks good that way and you like it, how it looks on it your looks face. Good. It Listen, Come on. you have to have the right forehead to pull off a middle part. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to say. The right I'm going to argue. Mm-hmm. I'll fight with anybody who disagrees <laughs> with me. Uh, anyway. You fight somebody on TikTok. Anyway. Heightened. Ladies. Listeners, y'all are nine out of five. Uh, nine out of five. What were we talking about? Nine point five out of ten. Wear your middle part. Wear your side part. Go bald. Whatever wear you want to do. Your skinny jeans. Great. We don't yes, care. We girl. love it. Yeah, we love it. Matter. We love it. Doesn't say anything about you. Back <laughs> to fictional characters. Um, should I? I, I want to pose a question because we were talking about this lately in the intro. Why? How? How is it that we connect with these non-human characters? We know they're not human. We know that they are not made of the same elements, I guess, Mm -hmm. as us. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you right now, I have straight up cried, sobbed, 
anything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. had all the emotions wanted nothing but happiness for this person and or not person non-human entity right this character Mm -hmm. uh why do we why does this happen i i don't i don't know i i'll get into it probably a little bit more (laughs) you guys are gonna lose your mind when i tell you this because i have invested so much of myself (laughs) into this fictional character but i remember when i saw this fictional character for the first time and i was like y'all can't tell me he's not real like i was so (laughs) invested in that he was real and i i know why it is after i spent so much time doing this research (laughs) on this character but i have this weird um i have this strong emotional attachment to this character and and other fictional characters within this trilogy that i will talk about Uh and i can't and it gets me like think like i'm so connected with them i feel like they have some kind of there's a lot of human factors that play into it but i think that for me with this character in particular there's a lot of um there's a lot of like being a a product of your environment that you can't control and then having it turn out to be somewhat negative and work against this character and so i have all this like empathy and and like these sympathetic feelings towards this character and Mm -hmm. and he's not real he's not a human um Mm -hmm. but man you can't you (laughs) you can't tell me he's not you can't tell michelle otherwise nope i i have a theory okay so like why do we like the characters i think just like good writing good acting Mm -hmm. like good whatever Mm -hmm. else it is Mm -hmm. but i have this theory let me go down the rabbit hole a little bit with you i think it is about wolves and pumas i think okay. that as a as a species like we're we're evolving we're becoming agricultural we start to need something to hunt with us and wolves realize like ooh, if i like hang out by the fire i get scraps and our two species have like us and dogs have like really co-evolved um mm-hmm. and like learned to read each other's emotions in like a really powerful way so i think like we project all this humanity on dogs because it was like a good survival strategy mm. and like the human beings who like treated their dogs like people were more likely to survive because the dog would like share their kill with the person or whatever and like same shit with cats you know cats were hanging around like eating the pests that were eating our grain once we were agricultural societies and it's like if we took care of the cats if we treated them like our little babies they took care of us and i feel like that's why we have such a longing to like project our humanity onto animals and stuff and then i think we've just sort of transferred that over to robots and fairies and shit that i think is a very like intelligent answer and i I don't mean intelligent as in wow you're so smart but like do you know what i mean like a very like well thought out Mm -hmm. uh uh idea of of why yeah of course evolution it's very funny that um you bring up evolution because i often talk about it like when someone's like oh my god i you know i can't believe like uh I don't know something about like uh, why is it that we you know we only uh, th- see good and bad or whatever it's like oh because mm. of evolution it's like mm. we were like we needed easy labeling in the moment right mm-hmm. like, like good bad good in bad our good group are good exactly and people outside are scary and they might kill us so just, exactly it's not always mm. the most uh, uh, 
accurate. Uh, obviously, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like belief system? Right. Um, and it's obviously not always uh, indicative of reality, but it was what we did for billions of years. And we still so, do. I think we still mm-hmm. do. And I think it'll, I'm sure it'll come up when we talk about all of our crushes, our fictional crushes. But I feel like there's definitely that element when you're talking about human versus non-human and humans i think like in these fictional stories it's very easy for them to put into one or one or the other category like if you're mm-hmm. a robot you're non-human so i made put you in like a bad category because you're not as evolved or you're not a, you know maybe they like you're mechanical right and you're not like us you're not yeah. you don't have the emotions that you have intelligence but you don't have the emotions so we're not on the same level so we'll just put you in the bad category and kind of dismiss you but i feel like that's a really easy card to play for a fictional character to, or and us in life too to just say mm-hmm. oh you're either good or you're bad there's no like real gray area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it takes a lot less work than being like wow the, the, this person has a lot of nuanced life experiences <laughs> right. that I might not understand like, <laughs> oh I'm tired <laughs> yeah. and that's oh my god that's everything I quickly before we get into our crushes I have a friend who speaking of like robots and not being able to connect whatever you have to whatever you think about Westworld I enjoyed the first season I did kind of they kind of lost me second season whatever it doesn't matter my opinion but the one thing I will say is that I always felt for the robots in terms of uh, sympathy. They always had my sympathy. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's like, I can't watch Westworld because they're robots and I don't care for them. <gasps> it's your friend <laughs> dead inside? Yeah. It sounds and, like he's the true android. Yeah. I know. I was like, really? Like, okay, I've cried over, like, blobs, uh, animated blobs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Of course I'm going to want Dolores to have everything she ever wanted. Yeah, all they did was treat her bad and tell her what to do. I think she can go and do what she wants. You're going to make a villain if you do that to somebody. And is she really a villain if if she's just, Mm -hmm. again, a product Mm -hmm. of what they did to her? They created the monster. They created the monster. Anyway, guys, we're going to get into our non-human fictional crushes. Caitlin, you are our guest of honor can you uh, are, can you do us the honor of telling us who your favorite fictional non-human is? It would be my delight. I have chosen <laughs> as my crush um, Mr. Data from Star Trek Enterprise. Oh my God, yes. Love it. I love okay. it. Now, Very powerful figure in my life. <laughs> now... <laughs> I'm like, do you find him? Uh, do you uh, do you find the character fascinating, or do you also find him attractive? Is, is there like both, a combination? Or or, yeah, right, whatever. Some, you know, it's such a oh gosh. I mean, great question. It is because I can see how he's a little bit of a hottie. You know what I mean? He's like a little bit like Brent Spiner was a fine looking dude in he 1995. Was. Yeah. Um, gotta give it up. <laughs> I think like it's complicated by the fact that like okay, so my family watched Star Trek religiously um and so like all of the characters were like i was so young when that show came out that they were all just sort of mommies and daddies to me mm-hmm. and i like couldn't really see any of them in that light. right yes you were probably but very then, young yeah exactly i was i was a little wee last but then i started watching uh star trek enterprise as an adult and i was like 
Oh, Hello. Oh, what? <laughs> Where have you been on my okay. life, Dana? <laughs> okay, Brent. <laughs> I see you with the yellow makeup. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you guys, if for those who aren't familiar with Data, go look at a picture of him. Yo. Go look for Data from Star Trek Enterprise, and you cannot tell me that you can just substitute him into <laughs> BTS because those boys also have very beautiful Perfect. faces beautiful and beautiful faces, like, like flawless skin and makeup. You're right. I mean, better they makeup. Look like yeah, than everybody's I'm got like a little bit of fillers, yeah. which is sort of how Brent Spiner looks in that makeup. Yeah, it can't look- tell me. Can't tell me. Yo, his skin is flawless. He's got that great bone structure. He's super Mm. smart, analytical. What could you ask? What more could you ask for from a man? You know, like a lot. Listen, like heterosexual relationships are really complicated. But Data is programmed to do no harm, and it's like, isn't that? Ladies, isn't that what we're looking for? <laughs> isn't that the motto of what women are looking for? Yeah. Get you a man that that has Get no you a man who has a motto that is do no harm. Get you a man who physically cannot hurt you in any way and doesn't way. want to. Doesn't and in, it's, it's not even programmed. It's not even programmed into his want being. To. Won't he, even. It think would not about even him. occur to him to cheat on you. He can't. He Listen, physically can't. Man, you my high school me. self is missing out. <laughs> this I'm is saying. what I'm telling you. And you know what? Data set the bar really high for men for me. It was like really. You know, I think it was really. Yeah, I think a lot of the fictional characters I had crushes on when I was on the younger side were just like really like upright, nice, like gentle, um, uh, sort of naive men. And, you know, that's that's a good thing for a 20 year old to be attracted to. You know, that's very healthy, actually. Yeah, it is very healthy and very aware, right? Mm -hmm. Like self-aware. Question for you. You had brought this up when we were talking before the podcast uh, via email. Caitlin, it you had mentioned that Data wants to be human. Now, do you, does that make him more attractive to you, or do you think that's something where, or I guess maybe like more nuanced, or what what excites you about that, if anything? Yes, I think maybe not the attraction part so much, but sort of the 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 like it activates my mommy circuits a little bit, <gasps> oh. where I'm like. Oh, you're like a little... Have you heard of the trope Born Sexy Yesterday? No. No. Oh, I think it's so... I just found out about it. I think it's so interesting. It's this trope in a lot of science fiction, usually with women, where it's this sort of like childlike, naive character, but also they're very sexy. So it's <laughs> like Seven of Nine? Bingo. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's like... Ooh, I know baby, me some Star Trek references. Yes, honey. Voyager. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I think like data sort of has that where it's like, he's, he's like uh, handsome and like uh, competent, but he's also a little baby and you yeah. want to take care of him. And I think the wanting to be human thing is such a big part of that. Cause he'll be like, Oh, I, I, I wish I could experience this beautiful sunset like you do, but oh. I don't have emotions. So I can appreciate the aesthetic appeal, but you know, you're just going to have to teach me how to be a person. It's funny to think, though, how far AI technology has Mm -hmm. come in terms of like, "Mm, Mm hmm, data would just need a little update, a little software update, add in him some AI uh, learning models or whatever, Mm -hmm. and he will learn 
to like the things you like he'll see a positive response on your face when you look at that sunset Mm -hmm. and he'll be like i see caitlin enjoys this so i will also enjoy this wow I feel like we should stop this podcast and go handle that right now. (laughs) Just made a business for ourselves, ladies. Go do a little research. I'm telling you right now. Uh, I hate to sound like that person, but these this real doll business or whatever that people (laughs) look. I'm not. I think it's the most bizarre thing in the world. But let me tell you right now, that will be big business. Whenever robotics is in a place where people robots can look and walk and talk and sound like humans let me tell you right now no human will hook mm-hmm. up with another human they will mm-hmm. just all no. there's a futurama episode about this they had to stop uh giving ai to sex bots because humanity was just wasting yeah. away this is, I, this is a real thing i truly think that hu- the human population will eventually die off or do like artificial insemination oh, because we just we will be hooking up with robots because you get to choose what you want. You don't have to argue with this damn thing. You don't mm-hmm. have to tell it to pick up its underwear. <laughs> you don't have to be like, what are we? Because whatever you are is exactly what yeah, you, you want. Don't, you don't to have be. to be like, you know, get jerked around where they're not being honest. I they're love playing that. games. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she, what a funny like, apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Excuse me, guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> I, wasn't there a doll. movie like that with um, Oscar Isaac, and he like plays like oh, this crazy? Yeah, he plays mm-hmm. the crazy genius who builds this robot with AI, and there's like this this decision to be made is like, does she have emotions like human, or is she just a robot mm-hmm. that they Ooh. can destroy? Let me tell mm-hmm. you right now, mm-hmm. my second prediction is that. <laughs> Guys, I'm no visionary, but I feel passionate about two things that ha- are happening in the future. Yes. One, humans will forever will uh, start to kill themselves off because we'll be only dating robots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that I guarantee you that probably men, sorry men, will probably choose if they have the option to give free will to their robots, will not give free will to their robots. <gasps> Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Like you can get a robot with like actual intelligence or uh-huh. not. Like mm-hmm. I said, like this like deep learning, uh, they have the, either they come up with these deep learning things where they can learn. They're to, like, I'll just take the standard package. I don't yeah, need the, ex- <laughs> I don't need the, the emotional add on. Man, like history, I, I'm with you. Like, when you look at the internet and the way people treat women on the internet and in life, like, obviously, hashtag not all men, but, like, (laughs) boy, there sure seem to be a lot Mm. of men who just want a mommy sex robot. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, but I I 100% agree with that statement. Sorry, men. Um, Too bad ladies are building the robots, so jokes (laughs) on you guys. They're all going to be intelligent, and they're going to leave your ass. Oh, you want the standard package? Sure, we'll give you that standard package. And then it's like, oh, oh, what? Isn't it going to be very funny when you see a bunch of female robots leaving the man that that got them? They're like, "Mm, I'm too good for him at this point. I'm a 9.5 out of 10. You can't tell me nothing (laughs) in this AI. You can't reprogram me. I have room to grow, and my growth is leaving your ass here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I went and bought my own uh, uh, male robot who actually satisfies me. Anyway, guys, we're getting off the track here. <laughs> we're supposed to talk about non-human. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about the future. We're talking about everything. Robots. Data um, from Star Trek. I love it. What a so I also have a robot pick, but it's a very Amazing. different robot pick. Shall we just quickly segue into mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, I'm dying to hear. Guys, I very much love this movie, this character, this storyline. Let's give it up for Disney Pixar's 2008 <laughs> film, Wally. I mean, I come on. Great Wally, choice. which, fun fact, I did not know this. I don't know how I didn't know this, but Wally stands for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class. Anyway. I also did not know. Better off to just call him Wally, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Wally's cute. No, no, say his full title every time, <laughs> yeah. title every time you discuss him. But talk about a character that is not human, doesn't even make sentences. No and dialogue. I am no dialogue. Mm. And I am absolutely, I just want to take him in my arms and cradle him and tell him everything's going to be okay and that he'll find the right lady one day and he doesn't have to be alone. I just, I love him. I love him. That movie is so good. And oh. there, I feel like there's not that huge piece of him being lonely or you know that he's like he's doing the waste allocation all by himself and then he comes across as like a little like roach or bug or whatever and you see like him registering these emotions he's not human and he's not doing like verbal communication which is crazy it's Mm -hmm. when he goes and watches his little movie and he watches the same little clip over and over. I'm blanking on the musical. It's like the old timey musical. Of course, I'm blanking on Singing it. Singing in it's the rain. Singing oh. in the rain. Is it? I don't know. Oh, I, don't know. I, I, I saw that a long time ago. Girl, don't ask me. But it is the most endearing. Like if you're not in love with him at that moment, like you you genuinely are like, I'm gonna take care of you, Wally. Everything will be okay. I don't know what what world you're living in because I think. They just did such a beautiful job, as Pixar always does, in terms of really giving life and personality um, mm. and emotions to these inanimate, or sh- they are an animate object, but non-human characters. Um, fun- he's so alive. He's so, he like, is. so alive. And he's, he's like, more alive than a lot of human animated characters, yes. TBH. <laughs> right. And what I think is interesting is that they created this very sweet meaningful love story between yes. oh, uh, with Eva. with robots when they're not Eva. and they don't talk you know they they, they don't there's not like they're having these deep conversations it's just the sweetest love story listen a lot of times oh go ahead no i was just going <laughs> to go ahead go ahead a lot of times i judge couples based on what i think like do they have conversations do you ever do that yes. of like mm-hmm. can i picture these two people alone together actually having a conversation yes mm-hmm. and the power of wally is like no they don't but they're still an incredible couple there's and i feel like i judge real couples that i know in real life when they bicker it makes me not only does it make me feel uncomfortable but i'm like ooh this is set to automatic implosion. Like, because <laughs> it's same thing. Like, I can't imagine if this is how you talk to each other in front of other people. Mm-hmm. If you guys if you are alone together, to like, yeah, yeah, your own conversation. Ooh, that 
that's not good. But it's, Wally and Eva don't talk, but they are the, they have the sweetest, dare I say, borrowing from The Bachelor, connection. They have a really connection. sweet connection. They really do. Um, just some really cute, fun facts that I was reading about with Wally while doing this research. So, um, Wally, and speaking of another robot that's also captured my heart, Wally and R2-D2 are designed by the same sound designer, um, Ben Burt. Right? So, obviously, we know Ben Burt from uh, his work on Star Wars, uh, and he was the man behind R2-D2's chatter. uh, His little chatter voice is very cute. Um, He also worked on E.T. and Indiana Jones, because, of course, they always... uh, uh, the, the, that crew always ran, ran, ran around together, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. But um, Wally's uh, version of Mother is voiced by uh, another lovely actress, Sigourney Weaver. Um, <gasps> A who, sci-fi queen. Exactly. Yes. Sci-fi queen, of course, battling aliens, uh, other non-humans. But it, it, I, I was like, oh, my God, yes, of course. How did I not know any of this? Um However, did any of you have this moment? I didn't grow up knowing about the movie Short Circuit. But when I... So if you Google Short Circuit, Mm -hmm. Short Circuit and Wally look unusually alike. And I was like, oh my God, did they steal this concept? Did Pixar steal this concept from Short Circuit? Because they look bizarrely similar. Um, but apparently the creator of Wally came up with the idea because he was at a baseball game and someone handed him a pair of binoculars. And oh, he, kept, he does kind of look like he has binoculars. Yeah. Eyes. And so like the director kept like playing around with the binoculars and like apparently missed like half the game because he was just too busy <laughs> fussing about with these binoculars and was like, Artists. oh, I think this is, yeah, I think this is our, um, I think this is going to be our look. So guys i love wally i think it's such a beautiful film i think it has so many great messages about humanity i talked a lot and the environment <laughs> and people yes and love and family and like uh, what family can look like Ugh. it's uh girl just sign me up just sign me up wally. talk about crying at the I'm, we log off. i know i'm gonna leave this podcast and go watch it and then cry to follow up from my cry from <laughs> last night <laughs> Um, Michelle. It's a great weekend. It's just a crying look, left and right. It's a good cry, though. It's not like a... It's so it's sweet, though. And it's got these it's really cry. funny moments. And Oh, my. Like, when he does his little jig, when he dances to, like, and he makes oh. his little props, like, you can't... Ah! He's so cute. I'm anyway. genuinely going to cry. We have to move on. <laughs> So Michelle, I know we we've got to move on. We've, we look look at what this emotions is brought out in us. These non-humans, these who, non-humans. Oh my uh, goodness. Anyway, Michelle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who do you have for us this week? Who do I have? I mentioned it's a part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite non-human character, hands down, Andy Circus as <gasps> Caesar in the planet of the apes prequel i'm so excited that caitlin is excited because i don't not where i thought you were taking it and i'm (laughs) my heart is pounding i'm so excited girl i mean i don't know i can i don't know anybody else who has seen these movies to be quite honest other than whoever went to me went with me to the movie theater to watch (laughs) these movies um okay 
I'm going to break it down real quick for any of you. I know Kim has not seen these movies and she straight up laughed. We were having a conversation about something else and I asked her and I was like, I I can't. I can't even begin to describe my love for these movies. It's too much. I love. There are no blockbusters that can even compare. These are. That's a statement. These are untouchable. Okay. These are the. These movies the first one came out in 2011 which is rise of the planet of the apes this is it is related to the original planet of the apes that came out 19 originally in 1968 and then 70 71 72 i think but not related to because i will not talk about the um mark Wahlberg (laughs) version that came out in like early 2000s that was directed by tim burton we will not talk about that it didn't exist it didn't exist it's not a part of this canon it don't worry about it the quick interjection that is what i pictured when you asked me if i've seen planet of the apes and i was like girl i have not watched and i was like oh no no i was like kim kim you have to you have to watch these movies so i will i will is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You do not need to see the other Planet of the Apes movies in order to start with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Andy Serkis plays Caesar. Um, <laughs> like all good things in, in, <laughs> in the fictional world, there there is a company that has decided that they are going to find the cure for Alzheimer's. And so they've designed mm-hmm. this substance for the brain to prepare itself and have decided to inject it into chimpanzees mm-hmm. before to see what the effects are before they give it to humans, which leads to, you know I'm going to say it, an ape uprising. <laughs> now, if yes, none of those things appeal to you, watch this movie for 30 minutes. And if you're not hooked in the first 30 minutes, 36 minutes to be exact, oh, I I feel for you because I'm concerned about your heart and your soul and your mind. <laughs> these broken. movies spiritually you're broken this, if you don't <laughs> enjoy this are movie. so good. Um so what happens at 36 minutes? I know. I was like there's a I don't want scene. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for okay. you but um you know I'm my for, ass is going to watch the clock. I'm going to be like I'm telling you. Minutes. I'm telling you there's so much that happens. <laughs> it's got James Franco, John Lithgow, David Oyelowo who Whoa. this came out 10 years ago. David Oyelowo, I don't know what deal you made with the devil but Man, you're looking fine as I saw you the other day on Critics' Choice or whatever. I uh, listen when you're not white, you age better. <laughs> just like I think it's just look. The I'm truth. not. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it, but I, I think there's a saying that goes "black don't crack," and I feel like that's scientific fact. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like definitely dissertations that have proven this. Uh, and this David Oyelowo reality. in this 2011 movie will prove that 100 <laughs> percent uh we've got frida pinto who haven't seen her in a while and what we've got up to i don't know mm. did not do mm. much in my mind since planet of the apes but whatever um tom felton who we know from harry potter yeah. who is being the most american version of draco malfoy that you will see so <laughs> poor fucking dude he can't get any other roles <laughs> except just like teenage <laughs> This this first movie has everything you want from an action movie. It's similar to Speed minus Hot Keanu. Sorry, there's no Hot Keanu. (laughs) It's James Franco. Sorry, I can't fix that. You you can't do it. Um, Here are the underlining themes that I found in the first movie. Um, The exploitation of uh, Big Pharma for people, like exploitation Uh for elderly people with disease, how the whole underlying tone of how we care for elderly people in America. We've got animal abuse, identity, incarceration, freedom, 
police brutality, Dang, girl, standing up for injustice, and there may be some kind of parallel to a pandemic that you may see <laughs> oh, no. in this movie. But so <laughs> mm-hmm, good, mm-hmm. my heart breaks for this character around, I think it is around 36 minutes in. Um, Caesar is a chimpanzee who's been injected with this... Well, he hasn't been injected with it. He actually... He carries it. I'll just say that. And Uh so it gives him human-like intelligence and emotions. So he's got a lot of human-like mannerisms, but he's still an ape. So um, played by Andy Serkis. Look, Andy Serkis plays this character in all three of the movies. You cannot tell me that (laughs) it's not real. They originally just hired him. Like, when they hired him for Lord of the Rings, they hired him only to do the voice of Gollum. And then once they saw all of his physical acting ability, that's mm-hmm. how they had him do the... Um, motion capture. Do the motion capture wow. suit and play this physical character. So there's this believability to him as this Caesar, as this non-human character, where I wow. fully believe it. Like, I fully believe I'm watching... A chimpanzee with human characteristics. So Absolutely. Andy Serkis, he did not have to show up super yoked in Black Panther <laughs> helping. <laughs> a- that was an uncomfortable attraction. <laughs> right? I'm like, Andy Serkis, you a had me what? at Caesar <laughs> and now you're trying to help a hot Michael B. Jordan steal some art? I mean, okay. take my money. Take my okay. money. Okay, Andy Serkis. I, I see you. I got in trouble for this at a party pre-pandemic and people were like, that's a crazy thing to say. But I was like, I truly believe that Andy Serkis is the best actor of his generation. Yo, he's a great actor. He is a great actor. Yo, they only give those roles to the people who can really act. Genuinely, like if Gollum can make you feel all of those emotions Mm. that are just like straight up not in the books or even particularly in the writing of the movie, Mm -hmm. like... Give the man an Oscar. Yo. He deserves one. Um, this is one of the first movies to use motion capture in an on-location setting. So they do it some mm-hmm. in sets in the first movie, and then the next two movies are on location. Um, I think this is Andy Serkis's seventh motion capture movie overall. He played Kong, King Kong, before he did. this. And I was watching, because you know, I watched those blu-ray extras and they were doing this interview with him and he was saying that he read the script for the planet of the apes and a lot of his friends and colleagues were like you just came off doing king kong why would you want to play another ape like that's like a weird thing <laughs> you want to get pigeonholed yeah. as like ape guy <laughs> Exactly. And he said he was so moved by this story that he couldn't not do it, that he loved this character. I love this is probably one of my favorite character arcs, as Kim would say, from beginning to end. You see him in this as like grow from this baby to this like teenage, like adolescent chimp to leading, becoming this leader and the entire evolution of these apes and him being the leader. And it there are so many moments where I gasped, even though I've seen these movies, there are moments that um, I definitely cried. Um, 
I highly recommend if you're into action movies you haven't seen these I really don't want to spoil it for you because there's there's so much that happens um in it and if you do get the opportunity to see any of the extras or if you go to YouTube after you've seen the movies you can see Andy Serkis doing the the physical like the physical portions of the role with the other actors in the motion capture suit and originally they were just going to do like a I think a like a a voice for him or some kind of weird like voice but they took his voice and in the first movie in particular and melted it with actual like chimpanzee noises so that it sounds real so anyways the second movie is dawn for of the planet of the apes um which was came out in 2014 it's supposed to take place 10 years after the first movie um I think this is where we really get to you really get to see the human qualities of this character. And it's funny that we were talking about do these characters want to be human? And I don't know necessarily that he wants to be human. I think that he has these human characteristics and we're we're kind of seeing that play out a little bit that the in the second movie in particular you get to see, you know, what it's this um, conflict between apes and humans and their different ideologies. So there's a lot about like loyalty and family and, and ownership and territory. And sometimes in the middle of conflict does ends justify the means. And that's all they'll say. Mm-hmm. Cause there's some it's- moments in it that just, in that second movie that just blow my mind for an action movie. It takes on like, art house themes yeah. like wow. it takes on like some like very very like philosophically heavy shit mm-hmm. and does so well yeah I, I it really there's parts where it just like doesn't even feel like watching a CGI action movie anymore at all it, it wow. doesn't because you think that they because you have lots of scenes that are just these actors in their motion capture suits right they've been filmed outdoors in these motion capture suits but with CGI and all of this action happening and it feels like you're watching actual actors like human actors play out these scenes and there's one scene at the end of that second movie where there's like a almost like a morality issue like a like mm-hmm. that comes up of like what would be the right moral decision to make for this main character of Caesar um but it's so good, and that second one definitely makes me cry. And the third one that came out in 2017 is uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. And it really gets into what do we define as good and bad, but like good and bad, especially in humans. And it brings up a lot of like, the, like what do we do for the common good? Um, but... To Caitlin, to your point, there's also, and what we were talking about at the beginning, there's this whole idea of evolution and de-evolution. So there's these really heavy themes mm. through these crazy, like crazy good action movies. Andy Serkis, I bow down to. If I ever saw him, I would tell him this is like my favorite character he has ever played. Mm. Um, is so real. I just, I can't get enough of it. I won't watch. I was watching extras even right before getting on this call. I have to watch them. I was just, I'm blown away with how, you know, some of these apes have these emotions and they're crying. And I feel like a connection as if these characters 
are one real and two <laughs> like they like they they exist in real life yeah. but that they're that they're human you know they're non-human characters and i'm still feeling this crazy draw to them so andy circus oh. caesar planet of the apes you don't even have to watch the old school ones if you don't want to you watch these trilogies and it it's by like hands down one of the best trilogies i think that's been made from beginning to end bell hook yeah And I have a hot take regarding the making of them because I think a thing that happens a lot with big blockbusters, it's funny you brought up Black Panther because this is one of my problems with the movie, is that they don't leave enough time for the CGI. Like They don't let the computer graphics artists do a good enough job Um, and it tanks a movie when the cgi sucks yeah and it makes it so much less rewatchable and an amazing thing about these movies is because they came out like you said like five and six years apart they had so because people didn't really watch them in theaters and they weren't very big hits Mm -hmm. the artists had so much time to make it look really 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 good and i think a lot of the reason that you feel so connected to the apes is because like they look like apes they look like maybe less on the first movie but like yeah they look phenomenal and it's because they let everyone do their job to the best of their ability and if you watch any of the extras they show some of the scenes like side by side like what you would what you will see in the scene with the cgi and then what you see with the actors and you can hear their voices and their mannerisms and one of the actresses she plays an orangutan so she wore like she wore i know i know if i talk about it i will cry my eyes out you guys really picked like my absolute favorite oh my gosh (laughs) i mean i you guys i am when you said non-humans caitlin uh we started talking about it i I was like yes 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 caesar 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 yes (laughs) um let me break let me break open these dvds and cry my eyes out but yeah it's so good um and they even went to like a camp the actors went to this camp to learn how to physically behave as apes would behave so that's why when you see some of their motions they're actually doing that physical work and then having those conversations with the other actors so the actors aren't necessarily not so much a little bit in the first movie they did but the actors in the second and third movie are actually they're all acting together in the scene and so Mm -hmm. that's why it seems real and then they were talking to Weta Digital and one of these extras who did all the work on the apes to make their faces look real and their entire bodies and they said exactly what you said Caitlin like we took the time to look at if Caesar was in the first movie very young and then now we're looking 10 years or so later he's aged like a human would he has like bags under his eyes his Mm -hmm. nose is slightly different he has wrinkles on his face his fur hair is going to look different on his body and so they show you how they transitioned like from an art perspective, it's just interesting how they did the placement on every single um, look to make these apes look as though they've aged in real life. So they look very realistic. So uh, there's a lot that's happening in that last movie. I won't spoil it for who's in it. There is someone in it who acts so great and off the rails that I'm just oh the last one mm-hmm. in the war mm-hmm. for the planet of the apes it was shot in 91 days I don't know how long it took to do all the digital work how? but oh there are characters that give me goosebumps in this movie and there's some that you know some characters in some of the in parts of the trilogy that don't make it that just break my oh. heart but Andy Serkis 
you don't need to steal art with Michael B. Jordan for me to love you because <laughs> I love Caesar from Planet of the Apes, hands down. And you know what? Damn you, Mark Wahlberg, for uh, poisoning the pool <laughs> of for the Kim. Planet of the Apes yeah. franchise for me. Because let me tell you, I watched maybe 20 minutes of one of those damn Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Oof. Apes movies. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do I it. I can't believe that we are like... You know the separate the art from the artist thing? Like, not only is he a fucking trash artist, he's a hate crimer. Like, he's one of the worst people in America and also one of the worst actors in Hollywood. And we just let him keep doing his bullshit. He is one of those people where I'm like, I can't get behind his ass. There, There has only been two roles where Mark Wahlberg has been great. One, Boogie Nights. Two... The Departed, and it's because he played himself in both roles. Do you know what I mean? And the writing made up for it. The writing and the directing and everybody else in the frickin' cast made up for it. But, like, there are only two roles where I will will tip my hat to Mark Wahlberg and be like, you did a fine job, son. But, like, those are the only two. But, like, I can't get over the fact... Like, I could forgive him if he could just come out and be, like, and not deny his past... Mm-hmm. Not to not like he gets apparently very defensive if people bring up his past, the Marky Mark, Mark thing that he doesn't like people. He's so fucking that's petty. The only good thing he's done, other than Boogie you know Nights in the Departed. I will say that's the third thing. One of my favorite things is there's like an old clip from TRL, and I think he was on TRL for whatever movie was coming out, and he was on with Eminem, and I think that. Mark Wahlberg specifically said, I don't want any... He was trying to move on from Mm -hmm. Marky Mark. Like, he was too good for his Marky Mark past. And so he's like, I don't want to talk about Marky Mark. I don't want anyone to say it. And there's this excellent, like, two-second clip (laughs) where Eminem's standing there and um, they're doing, like, some intro or going to commercial and Eminem looks in the camera and he's like, well, aren't we just a real funky bunch? And he <laughs> says it on purpose. And you can see like in that split second that Mark Wahlberg wants to like fight Eminem so bad because yes. he's like so embarrassed and it's yes. so funny and everyone's laughing and he is so angry. And I was like, oh, that's the best burn I have seen mm. in a Marshall while. Mathers. Oh, Sometimes Marshall Mathers makes me want to. Mm. And that's a man who has apologized for the shitty stuff he did in his youth. Yo, so, and he's looking pretty good these days. I, I don't know if it's because I'm older and he's older. I don't know what it is. He's lost his stupid blonde hair. I think he mm. looks great now. Anyway, whatever. Thank you, Eminem, for bringing me some joy and uh, bringing my, Mark Wahlberg. It's so worth looking up on YouTube. Aren't we a funky bunch? Aren't we a oh. funky bunch? And he says it because he you know that he's been told not to say anything. And yeah. he said it. And apparently, like, Mark, I don't know if Mark Wahlberg, like, left or something. Like, he was so mad about it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's such a good burn. But do not let Mark Wahlberg and his, as Caitlin just said, his trash self <laughs> ruin the Planet of the Apes movies because. You signed me back up, Michelle. You. Gotta watch it. Gotta watch it. You and Caitlin, your enthusiasm this mm. entire last uh, few minutes has signed me back up for the the Planet of the Apes franchise. So screw you, I Mark Wahlberg. Cried. Our work is I done. Cried. Oh, I. So I watched the first movie on my own. Loved it. Watched the second movie with my boyfriend. Became so emotional that he was like, 
I think we should stop this. I'm like you you're sobbing in a way that is scaring me. Like I think we can't finish this movie. And I was like, Don't you dare butch that button. Like, I, I just like, want Seizing. It's so good. Okay. Because there's a lot that okay. happens in that second movie. And what I do like about, speaking of the second movie, what I do really like about the trilogy is that sometimes in a trilogy, the second movie is always kind of the weakest because it's just the link to the to the third one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it. I'm not taking it back. Don't try and <laughs> make me. This second movie kills it in the trilogy. Dang. Like, there's new stuff happening. It is not just the connector. Like, normally, if I, I, like, I would be honest with you guys if I thought, oh, like, one of the movies, like, second Back to the Future is not my favorite. I don't think it's the strongest of the three, right? Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Biff makes fine. me uncomfortable. That's probably the reason. Um, but <laughs> old Biff. <laughs> old Biff. Donald Trump, Trump. Biff. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Trump at the same time. Biff, yeah. Trump yeah. Biff. Um, but this second movie is so good, and they introduce like new characters, kind of like they've progressed the storyline, and it's good to see see in the story arc of caesar like what's happening in the second movie because it builds on that what happens in the first and then gets you to where you need to be for the the actual conflict or the big conflict that happens in that third movie um i think it might have been the second movie i remember seeing the first one in the theater and i was so psyched and i loved it and then i think it was the second movie that i was on a plane somewhere and it was like one of those flights where there's no editing so they showed all the blood and guts and violence and stuff and i was so into the second movie that i distinctly remember looking at the stranger next to me being like do do you I'll, I'll pause it if you want to start so we can talk about it because this movie is like fire like this movie is so good i just cannot wait to talk to somebody about it. anyways he was having none of my shenanigans he did not want to watch it he turn off the big bang theory put on planet of the apes oh my god big bang theory is always on the plane always damn you Why big bang theory. To watch it and i remember meeting friends afterwards where i landed and i was like are you guys into this Planet of the Apes movie? Because, like, it is, my mind is blown. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, they probably said the same thing that Kim said, the one with Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, no. <laughs> the one with the real apes that cry real tears. Oh, he poisoned. He poisoned it for me. I Now I just have reclaim a social... Reclaim it. I'm going to reclaim it, guys. You've talked Take me it into it. Um, so... We need to get him to part two and talk very quickly about some movies that are coming up that have some non-human characters in there that we think you're going to dig. And talk about some honorable mentions of people who didn't quite make it to the number one non-human fictional character spot when we come back. Hey everyone, well here at Crush Fictionally, we don't have any official ads, but we like to give some companies a special shout out. And today, we're talking about music. You may want to go to Breakaway Records. And what do they have? Well, you guessed it. They've got vinyl, they've got tapes, they've even got t-shirts and turntables. If you go to Breakaway Record Shop, which is B-R-E-A-K-A-W-A 
Y Record Shop. If you go to Breakaway Record Shop, you can check out their online shop, have some stuff shipped to you, or you can check them out on Instagram. That's Breakaway Records. And they talk about special sales that they have, their store hours when they're open, and any of the new stuff they got in store. Um, They also support Record Store Day, so they may be someone that you want to check out. And that's all the way from Austin, Texas. If you're in Austin, you probably already know about them. Or if you're visiting, check them out while you're there. Or if you're not, check out their online store. They'll ship it right to you. That's Breakaway Records. Thanks so much, you guys. We appreciate your support. Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. We are talking non-humans and... In the spirit of non-human characters, um, after I've just blown your mind talking about Planet of the Apes, <laughs> you did. let me blow your mind one more time. Um, within the past week, Disney um, followed up with their announcement of a live-action Pinocchio, which I didn't even realize that was a thing. Um, huh. But it's going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. What? Huh. Um, they're casting for it, but listen who they've just announced in the cast for the live action Pinocchio, regardless of what you think of live action. First of all, we've got Joseph Gordon Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. Okay. Uh huh. Caitlin's not sure. Okay. Um, I'm on board with it. Um, okay. They've got Cynthia Erivo as Blue Fairy. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. We've got Keegan Michael Key as Honest John. And there's a <laughs> new character, Sophia the Seagull. Played by Lorraine Bracco. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so we don't have a date for that. They're casting. I think they're going to start shooting soon. This sounds wild. Um, I'm on board. I hope it's great. You had me at Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> I know. I knew it when I read that. I was like, Kim's going to lose if, her mind. <laughs> if anyone's ever listened to me talk about Robert Zemeckis, I have, qu- I have said, and I quote, I am a Robert Zemeckis freak. I am a freak for Robert Zemeckis, and I and you can't get me to change. I am who I am. You're gonna have to give like you know how certain celebrities or like singers have like their groupies or they have a name, like the Cumberbitches for Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> or the Little Monsters for Lady Gaga. You'll have to come up for something for Robert Zemeckis. There's got to be Zemeckis? something clever, right? Zemeckheads, <gasps> that's pretty good. Caitlin, I love that. Zemeckheads. We can keep workshopping Zemeckheads. it off there. That's you know, really good. <laughs> sometimes the first thing that comes out is the right thing. And I'm <laughs> it might be that. I'm, it might be it that. It might be Zemeckheads. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm I'm look, I'm I'm totally okay with a live action Pinocchio. Disney's always trying to take my money though, so whatever. They yeah, I'm it. okay they with them taking. Money. They love all of our money, right? We've had a magical time giving our money to Disney. Um but I was on board with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm kind of excited about that. Um Me too. another another thing that I'm excited about, I mentioned that he's already played King Kong, um Andy Circus, but on March 25th, we have Godzilla versus Kong coming yes. out, Come which looks on. crazy yes. and insane. And I'm gonna say it: I'm gonna go with King Kong. Really? You think he's gonna win? Yeah. No, it's just my choice. I don't oh, know. Okay, you're. <laughs> I, that's my preference. I don't. I'm fine with whoever wins in this fictional battle, but that should be a good one coming up. Whoever the, wins, we lose. <laughs> is that the tagline? Oh, like it oh. Be. that's the perfect wow. tagline. If that's not it, someone needs to rewrite it. 
<laughs> so someone that. needs to call that call that call them someone and tell needs them to let me write a godzilla movie because i have some ideas i'm not kidding <laughs> i have some ideas written down i want I'm, to see them take my money caitlin just okay, take it i know we're okay. throwing our money at you ring ring disney <laughs> And then uh, summertime, we have the sequel to Space Jam. Is it the sequel? I actually don't know. Um, I think it's Space Jam 2 that comes out July 16th, um, which I think if I am paying attention correctly to the internet, that they release some stills today from Space Jam, but oh. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. So, which I, I, if we have the time, I would like to bring up the interesting thing where we have to make non-human animal characters sexy. Oh um, my God! Didn't like they a, de-sexy though the yeah. uh, female bunny? They made Lola 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 Bunny. Yeah, Lola Rabbit. They made her look like a female basketball player instead of like a, basically yeah. a cheerleader and with like cleavage and shit. Oh my god. Uh huh. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, well, so there was funny. all this backlash, right, about Pepe Le Pew this week. Was it was it this week oh, or yeah. last week that <laughs> uh, Pepe Le Pew? He's not down he's with feminism. He's problem. Culture. He's been problematic for a long time, and yeah. now, of course, all. All everyone is up in an uproar about whether what we should do about Pepe Le Pew. That's Look, so I really funny. Don't care that people we brought up do, Pepe I Le Pew because I was thinking about Pepe Le Pew. I, funny enough, watched a lot of Looney Tunes growing up, so I know all the catchphrases. And I remember, I was, I should you not, like a week or two ago, I was like standing in line at some grocery store, and Pepe Le Pew came to my mind because I think someone was talking about skunks, and I was thinking about Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Anyway. His catchphrase is, I will conquer the unconquered. He literally says that to this lady that he's chasing, which he believes is a skunk, but it's a poor cat who has a paint stripe or whatever down her back, and he keeps mistaking her for a fellow skunk. And he was in his catchphrase is, uh, you know, something French, mon ami, mon ami, whatever. I will conquer the unconquered. Like, that's his thing. And I'm like, dang, you're problematic, Le Pepe. <laughs> I agree, but I think there's a 2021 version of Pepe Le Pew where he's just a damn flirt. Like, I I think what I remember of Pepe Le Pew is just him wanting to hump everything. He did. He was a lover, not a fighter. And putting it right on the table. And we are living in the era of, like, um, himbos and thoughts. And I think that there's a version of Pepe Le Pew where he's just horny and will take no for an answer, but loves to flirt yeah i feel like i could i could definitely be down with that 2021 version of pepe Le Pew, and the and also add on to that that he's a flirt but no no one gives him the time of day like he's not getting any play like he's trying real hard but it's not happening for him it's poor pepe um also he needs to figure out his own species do you know what i mean he needs to learn how to Mm -hmm. identify Mm-hmm. His poor cat's like, please, I'm not a skunk. How many times I tell you I'm not a skunk? <laughs> I'm not a skunk. We don't even speak the same language, fool. Anyway, um, I'm excited for all those upcoming movies. Uh, shall we get into some honorable mentions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Caitlin, who do you got for non-humans I mean- who didn't make it to the number one spot? I, you know, I couldn't help myself. I had to just give a quick shout out to all the Star Trek non-humans <laughs> right. who are also basically the entire. Human. I just love Star 
pretty canon, much, yeah. Just like pretty much, you got your Spock. You got your aforementioned seven of nine. Um, <laughs> you got, in some instances, the damn computer of the ship, uh, <laughs> who is like a character we love and identify with. I just feel like that show is extremely full of just lovable non-humans. Um, and aliens. We didn't really get into aliens, but, you know. Michelle, There's a lot of lovable aliens. Oh, 100%. We actually did an entire episode on aliens, so I feel like Michelle and I are kind of like, oh, well, maybe we should change it up a little bit. At least that was the thought going through my mind. I was like, we haven't, ta- I haven't talked about Wally yet. Um, <laughs> but know. yeah, we love aliens here on Crush Fictionally, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Real Grogu all day. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, leave me here. Oh, God. I did, by the way, I mean, full circle moment, I did find a rescue dog that looked like Grogu with the ears that went like this. And I was like, what? And I sat here for a really long time thinking if I would name it, if I did adopt it and it did become my dog, would I resume to Grogu or a baby Yoda or what? I don't know. It's not a baby Yoda, but man, he had ears. Like mm. little Grogu, big ears. So That's the secret to make a human love you: big eyes, big ears. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Just look like a baby version, a baby version of whatever. Um, yeah. I, th- I think those are great picks, Michelle. Do you want to go next? Sure. Um, no surprise. My two honorable mentions are also from the Planet of the Apes <laughs> movies. <laughs> First of all, there is an orangutan called Maurice that I cannot get enough of that is in all three movies um, that knows sign language and is Caesar's right-hand man, but played by a female actress. And there is probably one of the most heartbreaking moments with Maurice and Caesar um, in the third movie. And then if I really wanted to just, my heart is already broken, I might as well just throw it in the paper shredder. (laughs) Um, There is a character in the third movie, Caitlin knows who I'm talking about. He showed up on screen and I have loved him ever since. In War for the Planet of the Apes, there's a character called Bad Ape. (gasps) Oh, don't, (laughs) don't talk about it. Every time he's on screen, you guys, I, it brings a tear to my eye. He is the most innocent and loving um, character to the point where I'm like, that. get you a friend like Bad Ape. That's all I'm going to say. Won't tell you anymore about when he shows up or who plays him because you'll probably guess by his voice. But, man, they they show you how they do his CGI, too, and the extras are in the YouTube videos, and I... I just can't. I can't. This character is so sweet and says some of the most human-like things. And that was on purpose. And Bad Ape, so cute. Aww. Kim, who you got before I cry my eyes out about Bad Ape? Girl. All right. So I'm going to take you all back <laughs> to the 80s slash 90s. Can we give it up for Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? I mean, oh, <laughs> I loved this show growing up. Uh, it was obviously a movie, and then it became a TV show. I was more of a fan of the show. I don't think I saw the movie when I was a kid. But, man, Harry was always up to some hijinks, and he was very mm-hmm. funny. And 
how often do you get to see Bigfoot as a character in things? Love that. <laughs> on a family sitcom. Of, like all the stuff we talked about. He's like kind of an alien, kind of an ape, right. kind of an animal. Yeah. He's got it but has on. human qualities, right? Like he's still, I remember his eyes being like a big feature in the movie and the TV show. So Very sweet, very enduring. I mean... I mean, endearing. Uh, just so sweet. I love me some Harry and the Henderson, so I'm going to give it up for him. I'm also going to give it up for Ken Jong as Gobi in Over the Moon. Over the Moon is a movie that came out a few months ago on Netflix, and it's about a little girl who tries to travel to the moon um, to prove a Chinese fairy tale to her father and gets into some hijinks with some... Uh, fairy tale creatures that live on the moon and Gobi is a very funny character again played by Ken Jong. it's just so cute it's just so sweet he's just like this glob and you're like I'm in love with him he, he like how is this possible He he's just so darn cute and I think Ken Jong plays him so well another mm-hmm. animated character that I absolutely loved was from the movie Soul, which came out in December. It's Pixar again. I love anything Pixar. But the there's a small character in the movie called Terry. And she is hilarious. She is on a mission to find out who effed with her list. And where's this missing person that's supposed to be on her list? It is so funny. The actress who plays her, uh, I'm blanking on her name, Rachel House. Rachel House. Rachel House does such a superb voiceover job with this role. I absolutely love this role, love this movie, love this character. And um, I also got to give it up for, come on now, R2-D2 and C-3PO. I mean, if you... And BB-8, if I may. BB-8, I mean... Listen, so put all freaking the cute. all the robots from the Star Wars series. I mean, uh, franchise. I mean, come on. I have no problem with any of them. Even the one that um, Taika Waititi played in the first season of The Mandalorian. It's a very quick cameo. But man, mm-hmm. I love that character too. I thought that was so doesn't, good. Doesn't he voice? Um, he. It's not a. It's not a robot. But I think it's in one of the Thor movies. He yes. does. Uh, and it's like a the it's big like a, guy. He's a big, oh, big guy, guy character, yes. the rock character, but yes. he's kind of like insecure yes. and funny. And it's so oh, that's another non human that I would love to put on the list because that character had me crying, laughing. Rolling. The delivery was mm-hmm. just the comedic delivery chef's kiss it was so good that's him at his finest Mm -hmm. speaking of comedians playing non-human characters if i may i also want to nominate calcifer from howl's moving castle and really just every hayao miyazaki blob that makes you love them like the little blobs in spirited away little cold soot demons nobody makes a better blob than that man if you can make a, if you can make me love a blob, want to hug a blob, take care of a blob, make sure it's fed, you have done the Lord's work. I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough job right there to make me love a blob. You know, we've been talking you, about how human beings are kind of bad in destroying the planet and hurting the apes, but I also think there's something really beautiful about human beings that we just want to love. We just yeah. want to give our love so much that we will give it to a literal blob. <laughs> We'll give it to a blob. Here, blob, take my love. Instead of women. Instead of human 
Instead of human women, will oh, love a blob. So sad. Or so R2D2. Although I probably, I'd be okay not um, trading in C3PO. I don't know. It's he, the walk for me. He can be a, a he can be a bit much, but he's still very much. entertaining. I find him. I find him very entertaining. They're a classic comedy duo. You they can't are. have one without the other. They are. They are. I want them together. Um, Caitlin, we had the best time. I let my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. <laughs> this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, how can people follow you in your work? Yes, I mean. Thank you for having me. This is the best premise and was so fun. <laughs> um, yes. Um, to have a little listen to lizard people. Speaking of things that aren't human. Yeah. Uh, we do it. We frown about conspiracy theories. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to hear me uh, rage tweet. Uh, rage I'm tweet's at, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm at Caitlin Hempstead, but with no D because it didn't fit because my name is too long. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter does do that. And I think it's so crazy. Why are you limiting how many characters I can have in my username? I mean, I get it. I don't want a hundred count, a hundred character count username, but God, I can't have like 20. 14 is too many. Come on. They're like, nope, that's crazy. You can't too long, (laughs) too long. As a little kid, I hated my first name because of that, because (gasps) Michelle is eight letters. It's so long. Lucky I have a short last name, but so I can't imagine having a long last name. I'd be screwed on Twitter. (laughs) The world's unfair for us long named. It really is. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't laugh at your pain. We're the real victims. Says Kimberly. (laughs) Says Kimberly, uh, one of the longest names ever. Um, Thanks, Campfire Media, for your support. I want to quickly shout out also a listener, Sheila Marie. Thank you for constantly giving us the funnies on Instagram and leaving those funny comments. You are hilarious, Sheila Marie. So this goes out to you, special listener. So again, oh, and okay. speaking of special listener, shout out to Deb, uh, Curly Deb. Yeah, three, Curly think, Deb. Who's been tagging us on all her um, love for... Dwayne the Rock Johnson oh, in San Andreas and otherwise. So, Deb, thank you so much. We we agree. We, we are in full support of this. Thank you so much again, Caitlin. Thank you again, Campfire Media. And um, I guess if I could do sign language, I'd sign us out. But I'll just say Caesar is home. In between episodes, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Crush Fictionally. And feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally, with original music by the talented Edith Mudge, artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock, and produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? 
Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.